Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro Podcast. I'm Shauna Simawang. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so that they can be more effective in their jobs. Today, I'm excited to have Emily Drew from Salesforce join us. Emily, I would love for you to introduce yourself, your role, and your organization to our audience. Hi, Shauna. I am absolutely thrilled to be here today, first and foremost. My name is Emily, as you said. My role is a Senior Director for the world's largest job title coming at you, the Global Sales Leader Excellence Program, which um, I can dive into a little bit later with you. I'm originally Irish, as you can hopefully tell from the accent, but based just outside London and um, have a pretty varied background. So started off doing a little bit of teaching abroad in Asia, transitioned into sales and marketing roles. And then I found my true calling in the world of enablement and coaching as well uh, about seven years ago. And that's led me to my current role at Salesforce. Uh, For those that don't know, Salesforce is a pretty profound, I'd hope, CRM solution. And uh, I've been, been working there for the last number of years. Well, we're very excited to have you on the podcast today, Emily. As you mentioned in your introduction, one of your areas of expertise is leadership enablement. From your experience working with different leaders across your organization, what are some of the qualities that make for a great leader? Yeah, that's a brilliant, brilliant question. And I have two responses because I think there are some leadership qualities that are role agnostic, right? That regardless of whether you're a sales leader or a BDR manager or that you're, you know, a supervisor in a supermarket, for example, that are really important to success. So those are things like being visionary, being a great listener, being a great coach, having the ability to have great empathy, having the ability to engage with and build strong relationships with others. They're sort of the leadership agnostic ones. For sales and solutions more specifically, this is a question I spoke about a lot with my peers as we introduced the concept of leadership enablement for sales leaders at Salesforce. And as a result, came up with this sales leader excellence model. And this involved the creation of three key pillars that constitute greatness in a leader in the sales space and they are one my my personal favorite being a great talent multiplier so investing in understanding developing your people and establishing psychological safety then the next one business leader so that's all things pipe gen forecasting execution and being and knowing how to flex those in different ways as you move up the leadership ladder and lastly being a trusted partner so being able to engage with influence, gain the trust of your customers. So I think both really important to have those broad leadership qualities as a leader, but when you're a sales or solutions leader, you need those extra nuances and levels of expertise as well. I think those are absolutely key components that make up a great leader. I love those. How can leadership enablement help leaders across the business really harness these characteristics to more effectively lead their teams? 
Yeah, and and I kind of look back at when maybe maybe five six years ago when we didn't have this in place and and what the world was like certainly at Salesforce and it was very very different. And um, what what I always think about is that thing is um, you can't be what you can't see. So we were then asking our account executives or people you know who are under leaders to do things and act in a certain way and be a certain way, but then they were kind of looking up and seeing well my leader doesn't necessarily do things in that way or think in that way or coach me to to act that way so I think when you enable you kind of I use this analogy of the life jacket when you're on a flight and you're a parent you're supposed to put your life jacket on first and you then are set up to be safe and take care of your children for example so in the case of the leaders if you set them up for success and provide them the ability to become excellent at what they do and equipped to better coach and enable and encourage their teams that has just such a waterfall effect and enables everyone beneath them to see greatness in action to aspire towards that level of greatness and everyone's on the same page and and able to yeah work work towards being ever more productive I think that's phenomenal. Now, what does leadership enablement actually look like in practice? What are some of the core components of leadership enablement programs that you've deployed? Another great question, Shauna. You're on a roll. Uh, So first and foremost, I mentioned it earlier, but you need to define what you're aspiring towards. So that sales leader excellence model that I spoke about, creating a really robust framework to define what the great competencies that you're aspiring leaders to work towards is absolutely first and foremost, because then you can develop all of the enablement programs around that. And that's exactly what I've been doing at Salesforce. So we defined what great looks like in across those three pillars. And within those three pillars, there are many, many different competencies and all the programs tie back to that. So an example of a big program I've been involved in is overhauling or essentially we've been creating an onboarding journey for our leaders. And some of the ways that's a little bit different maybe from Enable we might have done with ICs is that it's very, very interactive and engaging. So when a new leader joins, the organization they go through kind of some of the more standard workshop activities and lots of online learning but that's supplemented by them being given a coach to work with one-to-one on a bi-weekly basis to help see them through their entire onboarding journey and that culminates at the six-month mark in their journey where they present on a panel sort of a capstone event where they reflect on their six months in leadership they relate it back to that model and how they're exhibiting greater excellence across all of those key pillars and it's a really good opportunity for them to demonstrate all they've learned all they've gained how far they've come so that and um, another part of the onboarding journey that's been really important is the provision of mentors so using another program I'll reference later the leader excellence academy So we take our most uh, talented, top performing leaders and we have them act as mentors to our new starters. So they've their coach, their mentor, all the standard enablement. And they're also brought together in coaching circles to discuss, debate, reflect on 
the most pertinent topics that arise when you're a new leader. So stuff from how do you drive pipe gen efforts as a leader? How do you um, engage with your customers when you're elevated from an IC to a leader role? Performance management and having a safe space to explore that is great. So I think with leader enablement, you need to be a bit more hands-on in one way with the coaching element, but you also need to be a bit more hands-off in other ways in, in less death by PowerPoint sessions for them and more allowing them to learn from their peers as well as from um, more talented leaders. So I think the onboarding program has been a huge one. The coaching program of which uh, I'm, I'm a part of. So we established a whole coaching practice for leadership whereby in every region there's a coach assigned to work one-to-one with those new leaders, in need leaders, our leaders of leaders, and to help them not only to be like heighten their self-awareness to become better leaders, but also to guide them through and towards excellence on that model that I referenced earlier. So that's been a huge one. The one I'm most excited about because it's by it's become my full-time job is our Leader Excellence Academy. And what that encompasses, as I sort of touched on earlier, is we take our top 10% of leaders at various levels and we take them through this year-long program that is all designed to prep them for their next role. So if they're in first lines, preparing them to be move into second line. So lots of training, investment, coaching. And in turn, they help us and our mentors and enablers for the wider organization. And that's been an absolute game changer because it's peers teaching peers. There's levels of credibility there that could never have been possible before. And it's allowed us to scale. We're, we're not a huge enablement team. So to have this wealth of people bought into helping and supporting has been amazing. There's some other great programs around experiential learning, which I'm less involved with, but are working really well. And it's basically taking people out of the business away for a few days to somewhere we call the ranch and doing lots of really hands-on practical application of learning so working really well but but quite different from what we've done what I'd done historically when I worked primarily with ICs. Mm, Absolutely Uh, those programs do sound amazing though. Now Leaders are often very busy when it comes to their schedules, and I imagine it can be difficult to convince them to make time for their own development and learning. How have you gained buy-in with different leaders to make time for enablement programs like these? Yeah, yeah. And I have to tell you, if I, you know, rewound to three years ago, I was really struggling with this when I didn't have a role that was solely focused on leader enablement. And I would run an ad hoc leader training event. Uh, no one would show up or if they would, they were very disengaged. Uh, that's very different now. And now we're in a place where we can't keep up with the demand from from leaders. And that's been achieved in a few key ways. I think the first one is the building of trust and the best way that I would recommend that people try and apply this if they're enablers with a leadership team is um, using a coaching approach. So building key relationships with leaders of all levels through coaching them, through getting to know them, through, through listening and deeply understanding what's going on for them in their world. The other one is piloting. So what I did with the program in the UK for coaching is a pilot. We piloted it there and there was another peer of mine doing the same in a mayor. We're like, let's try this out. Let's run a few programs, see what the feedback is. And 
they proved really successful. So then to go forward to all the other leaders and be like, hey, your peers in the UK, I have done this and they've seen X, Y results. This is the qualitative feedback for them. Would you like this done for you? And that's exactly what's happened. And sort of word of mouth has meant that the reputation, the perception of leadership enablement has shifted. And the the things I hear a lot is you really understand us. You really understand our role. You understand our pain points and you provide us great levels of value. Also, yeah, I've mentioned already, but coaching is key. Just making that a central pillar of how you enable leaders and peer learning, peer mentorship all of that is is so vital and sponsorship from senior leaders of course to get bums on seats for certain sessions is always helpful but what I love about that is I've had to do that less and less now people organically want to engage because they feel like they're getting value Mm, absolutely. Now, when organizations invest in leadership enablement in the way that they've done at Salesforce, what are what is some of the impact that you've seen actually trickle down maybe even into rep performance within your organization? Yeah, it's pretty profound. And what I found, and so when I first came into this role, my focus was on enabling first-line leaders. And what was really interesting to see was the knock-on effect, the the qualitative and quantitative results that demonstrated the success of that, not only with their AEs, but often with their leader, because they they were taking learnings and their enablement, and it was influencing leaders above them, their peers in different roles and all of that. I think the, the key thing, so I have a, a, a slide that I often bring up, I'll, I'll minus the numbers, but I'll give you some of the, the headlines on it. Focusing on leadership enablement has had huge increase in pipeline on the leaders that have been actively involved in the leadership programs we've or enablement we've provided them. We've seen a stronger uplift in deal closures and deals closing more quickly, more efficiently. And that's linked directly to deal coaching workshops we've led with leaders and had them run with their teams. We've seen the development of a coaching culture, which is a knock-on effect in creating this sense of psychological safety safety on teams. And that in turn has meant reduced attrition, both among leaders themselves and their AEs. Also seen a reduction in performance management issues because one of the most prevailing issues, I suppose, that I walked into and saw time and time again was leaders dealing with underperformers and not knowing how to to tackle that. And us offering this sort of well-rounded leadership enablement journey for them inclusive of how to have difficult conversations how to coach your team has resulted in us retaining more people returning and improving the performance of those who were previously struggling a little bit I think yeah there there are some of the the best things my personal favorite going back to that talent multiplier pillar is seeing survey results and people's satisfaction and enjoyment at working for Salesforce in a sales role increasing and increasing I think that is phenomenal. Last question for you, Emily, to close. How can leadership enablement help create a more people-centric culture in an organization? So yeah, I'm going to kind of tackle that in two ways. Firstly, they have to want to create a more people-centric culture. So we have to be aiming to hire people for whom that talent multiplier element of leadership that I keep referring back to is important because it is very, very hard if someone is not by their nature people-centric or talent multiplier to to turn them around to being that, right? So that's like partly it's it's on that. Um, once they're in there, that the enablement provided to them has to 
marry up with rewarding them and encourage them, providing them the skill set, the mindset necessary to deliver on that. All of the enablement that I try to deliver, whether it's on you know, business leader, sort of more keep referencing pipe gen or forecasting for that matter. But I will always try and weave in elements of around how important as a leader it is to be authentic, to show vulnerability and adopt a growth mindset, because that has such a waterfall effect on the wider leadership and indeed sales organization. And I think when we invest the time, invest the money, invest the people to enable and coach our leaders to become more coach-like and inspirational, to better listen and empathize. All those skills that I mentioned as being important to a leader in any sphere of influence um, has a profound impact on their teams, the wider organization. Because, you know, when when we have our culture, or our values displayed on our company website, I mean, any company in the world, they need to be lived and breathed by our leaders. Otherwise, how can we expect our ICs or people joining the company to really feel that they're true and lived and breathed by everyone? And one of the messages I'm, I'm lucky enough in, in the role to be able to call on very senior execs to come and speak to some of the more junior leaders. And one of them said recently um, that his ethos is leaving people better than you found them. And that's something that I am trying to have underpin everything we do in terms of developing our leaders, that they should be focused on leaving their teams, their peers, their customers better than they found them. And by virtue of that fact, they're very likely to have more successful teams, customers hit their quotas in a way that wouldn't have been possible if they'd, they'd had a different approach. I love that philosophy as well. Always leave it better than you found it. Emily, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciated your insights. Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful. To our audience, thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you'd like to learn more about, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you.